Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Good evening, everyone. We are so glad to see you tonight. I tell, can I tell you this? We are having such a great time being here with you. Thank you so, so much. You're a gracious congregation, hungry. Oh my, my, hungry, drawing, and we're just so thankful that we get to spend this time with you. Thank you for coming to my birthday party. This is... I'm just calling this whole week my birthday party. Amen. To be with you is my, is, my, is my treat and my gift. So thank you so, so much. We have so enjoyed it. You, you have treated us beautifully, and we appreciate it. Um, I have some things in my heart tonight. You say, how's it going to come out? Well, why don't we just all hang around and find out, right? Turn with me, if you would, to Ephesians. We'll start there, Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, we'll just flow with what God has for us. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. I would encourage you, always go through the epistles. Now, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The other, the epistles. That's what the rest of the New Testament books are called. Go through the epistles. Find the prayers that are listed. Make those prayers your prayers. You do not have to come up with a different way of saying those. You can pray those same ones every day. Why? Because they're spirit prayers. They're given by the spirit, meaning they don't grow old. They don't need any human elaboration. I'm not saying you can't veer. I'm just saying don't feel like repeating the same, day, same thing every time is ineffective. What makes it, makes it effective is when you join your faith to them. So don't feel like you have to come up with a fresh wording. Amen. And so um, this is a prayer that is recorded. Paul prayed, and uh, it was spirit praying. And uh, there's so much in these, but I want us to draw out one thing. I'm not going to teach on prayer tonight, but we can see some things for us in this prayer. Ephesians 1.16, it says, Cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. It's so interesting to notice this wording, mention. It doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out, laborious thing to be effective in prayer. When you're releasing your faith, a mention is enough. If you're not releasing your faith, you can go for days and it's never enough of, of calling out the same prayer over and over. It's the faith attached to it that makes it effective. It only takes a moment to mention. It only takes a moment to release faith. And so don't think that to flow with God and operate with God, that it's a long labor. Amen. Um, I don't know, Brother Tony, where are you? Because this Leslie is, is, it's hitting a cord inside. And um, is that where it's at inside the Leslie? And so it's a, it's, it's given us a beat. We're not wanting. (laughs) Hallelujah. So again, it reads, cease not to give thanks for you. Look at that. I cease not to give thanks for you. I am so grateful for you today. Just, ah. Amen. I tell you what, the longer I go, the more I love people. I enjoy people so much. When you, when you know who your peeps are, if you're not loving people, find your peeps. And then when you go find who, who God has us to supply, you can go out among anyone and and still live your best life. Be thankful for one another. Learn to be thankful. When you come together in your church service, tell people, I'm thankful for you. And if you'll start talking about it, you'll quit thinking about something that might be a sore spot towards someone. Amen. 
Express gratitude. This is one of the things we see with this man of God. His faith life, his life of revelation, the first thing he says in his prayers, I'm expressing gratitude for you. Amen. That's the sign of spirituality. Because you're realizing this, this is not all about me. I'm not the only one sucking air on this planet. Amen. I'm thankful for you. Turn to somebody, turn to somebody and say it from your heart. I'm thankful for you. Thankful for you. Amen. Now, do you know what? He wasn't telling, boy, y'all were really thankful. You kept going. <laughs> You're doers, yeah? But notice in this, he wasn't saying to people in this passage, I'm thankful he was saying to God. So let's tell him now, Father, we're thankful for each other. We're thankful for each other. Say that I'm thankful for each other. Amen. Tell God that you appreciate that he's put you with people who love him. My goodness, that matters. That they, they love what you love, honor what you honor. And Paul, this is, that, this is how this, is, this starts out. This whole effective prayer started out with gratitude for one another yes. to God, voicing that. I cease not to give thanks for you. Notice this, you can't push anyone into furtherness with God. You can only lead them. You cannot push people into spirituality, but you can... Lead them. You can be an example to where they say, I want that. Amen. That's what Paul was. I, an example, right? I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So don't feel like it has to take a long time to have an effective prayer life. Don't misunderstand me. Prayer is just a flow of life. It's not a time of life. It's a flow of life. It's not, it's not a clock, it's not a clock thing. It's a heart engaged thing. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord, this is what he's mentioning for them before God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, ah, the father of glory, (laughs) the father of the supply realm. The Father of glory may give unto you. You don't earn this. You don't pray it. You don't pray to get it. He gives it. Yes. I'm, let me say that wrong. Let me, I said it came out wrong. I know what I'm saying. I said that wrong. You don't earn it in prayer because it's given. But when you pray, you can receive what's given. Is that, did that come out better? Okay. Because as you spend more time with him, you become more perceptive of what he's saying to you. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. Um, You won't have revelation. Now see, the word has to be revelation to you before it's effective in your life. Meaning you can't just take what I know and spend it. You can't just take what Pastor Craig and Pastor Jenny know and spend it. You can go ahead, let me say this, and spend it until it becomes yours. And then the spending works once it becomes yours. Um, this is Joshua 1 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate. Why do you meditate? You take time to make it yours. Meditating puts you in the verse and puts the verse in you. And you can't spend what's not yours. You can hear every minister preach what is revelation to them, but us preaching it is not what makes it revelation to you. It's when the Spirit (laughs) imparts that into your spirit. Revelation comes from Him. It doesn't come from the preacher. It comes from Him, sometimes through the preacher, 
but the spirit has to quicken this Amen. word to you Amen. so that it becomes, you know what I mean by something revelation? You go, oh, I got that. That dawned on me in here, not just up here in here. That dawned on me. Haven't you ever walked out of a service? You go, I got that. It landed. That was the spirit who gave it, even though you heard it through the preacher. And until it lands in you, it won't have the full result that it could have. So this is why Paul says, I'm praying that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. Or we could say this of who you are in him. Who he is, who he is to you who you are in him, all of that, that, that oneness thing, you know? Verse 18, the eyes of, this is what happens when something's a revelation. The eyes of your spirit being enlightened. The eyes of your, it says understanding, but the eyes of your spirit being enlightened. What do your eyes need to be enlightened to? Number one, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Number one, what does that mean? That what belongs to you because you're in him. It needs to dawn on you. You need to see it. Number two, and what the riches of the, who, who you are in him rather. Number two, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What's that mean? What belongs to you, the inheritance that is yours because You belong to him. Things belong to you, not because you've earned it, but for one reason, you belong to him. What's his is yours. And only he can make that, uh, only he can unveil that and reveal that in a way that you take ownership of it inside you. And then it goes on in verse 3. 19 number three here and what the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe so basically he's saying that you would have the spirit of wisdom that it would dawn on you that you would know number one who you are number two what you have number three what you can do all because you're in him when you see this when this dawns on you you're done being pushed around by the devil in life you're done You're done with that mess. You're done with that old way of life. No longer pushed. Because you know who you are. You know what you have, what all belongs to you. And you know what can be done through you. What can be accomplished in you and through you. Amen. Verse 19 again. And what is exceed... Look at the adjectives heaped upon adjectives trying to describe it. And what is exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? What usward? The ones that believe. The ones that believe. Ones that believe. You have to believe in that power. You have to believe it. You have to attach your faith to that power that's in your direction. Amen. So faith activates the power that's in you. Then it goes on and the next verses are just talking about what that power has accomplished. Verse 21, excuse me, 20. I'm having a hard time with numbers up here tonight. Uh, Let me read 19 again, just so I can say I can. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, or we could say demonstrated, In the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality or in honor of Ed, all principality and power. Far, and Ed would say, far above. How far is far? Far. Not barely above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and far above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. 
verse 22, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you hath he quickened. The same thing worked in him, worked in you. Amen. So when it talks about in verse 19 that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power. The Holy Ghost through Paul did not use um, in, 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 in helping us to understand the power that's to usward. He didn't talk about creation power. He didn't talk about what happened at creation when God spoke and the Holy Ghost performed and that which was void became filled with creation. He He didn't talk about enlightening this to miracle power like that parted Red Seas. He didn't liken it to delivering power like the mad men of Gadara that got delivered. He didn't liken it to healing power like the woman with the issue of blood received. He didn't liken it to multiplication power that the oil in the cruise never ran out, that the loaves and the fishes just kept spilling over to to feed the multitudes. He did not compare and and, and describe that power using any of that. He described the power defined the power that's in our direction as that which raised Jesus. So what power is he talking about? Resurrection power. Because power performs different things. We're not talking about multiplication power. We're talking about resurrection power. The greatest power in existence. Amen. There is no greater power than resurrection power. Now, we see in this passage that what did resurrection power do for Jesus? It did not just raise him from the dead. Don't think it just raised him from the dead. It didn't quit there. It exalted him at, at God's right hand. That resurrection power raised Jesus, carried him up, placed him at the right hand of God. It also gave him authority over all demon powers, over all other power, good and evil came under that power. He also gave that, that resurrection power also put him in the place that he had a name above every name except God himself. He put all things under his feet, gave him to be the headship of the church. All of this was resurrection power at work. That's yours. Paul said that this would dawn on you. Now, the power that's in our direction doesn't just fix things, make broken things work right, make life better. It reaches to dead things. That which is beyond what any man can do. When something, it reaches dead things. It doesn't just fix broken things. But it reaches to dead things and makes them live. Now, go with me to Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Resurrection power can make dead finances live again. Make dead business deals live again. Make dead relationships come back to life. Right? Yeah. We, we need in this day and hour, I don't know about previous generations of how they labeled it, but we're labeling things medically with Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. I'm assuming they had that in past generations, but it wasn't called that. Resurrection power, dead part of the brain. We've got to quit accepting things under the under the heading of aging. 
because the word already tells us what happens as you age. The path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. That's what aging looks like in the kingdom. Uh, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall be flat and flur- fat and flourishing. They shall flourish in old age, still producing. Never let a spiritually dead man have a better ending than a new creature in Christ. And Moses was that. He was a spiritually dead man. He was not a born again man. And at 120, he climbed a mountain, went out of this earth in full strength. It's wrong to be outdone by a man who did not have resurrection life in him. We have to quit buying into the medical uh, commercials. I mean, what? This has always been a head scratcher to me. The commercials that are on television and they will come up with some name, you know, like I I don't even know. And then it'll say, ask your doctor about it. And they don't even tell you what it's for. I go, my gosh, I'm not. What about this doctor? Do I? Evidently, that form of advertising works because it preys on fear. As we grow older, we should be around brightness more than darkness because our path grows brighter. We have to, on purpose, push the dark reports back, not sit and watch it and call it entertainment. Romans 8, verse 11, the New Living Translation. I want to just read how the wording is here. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. That Spirit. That Spirit. <laughs> Look at this. Lives in you. That Spirit lives in you. How about going to bed thinking about that bright thing? How about laying in bed instead of worrying, thinking about that and putting that in your mouth? You see, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies. This one, this one, by this same spirit that's living within you. Notice the same spirit, the same spirit. We didn't get a different spirit than the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Same spirit. You didn't get a dumbed down version. Same thing. Same thing that was accomplished through Jesus. That's that same spirit, same power, same life, same light. Amen. We have nothing less working in and through us than Jesus had. Nothing less. Nothing less. Now flip back to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19. Now this is for our mortal bodies. Mortal bodies. Meaning it will do in your body what it did in Jesus's. Amen. Ephesians 3 verse 19. This is again another prayer that Paul prayed. May you experience, this is, I'm going to read the New Living Translation. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. He's talking about with your head. The mental capacity, it just goes on tilt. To try to mentally grasp it all. Because this is spiritually received. It's it's something your heart has to grab. The mind can't even calculate it. It's so far reaching. Then you will be... Well, let me start it again. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. 
and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Amen. That power that raised Jesus, it's working in you, within you, within you, in you, in you. We're not turning this direction trying to get something from God. We turn this direction and pay attention to and give attention and add our faith to what is already in us working. And the more we join our faith to it, the more it works. We measure the degree of working. Not God, we do. We want God to move. I mean, we want God to move in our city. We want God to move in our country. We want God to move in the earth, but he moves first within you. Amen. So if, if our city isn't receiving a, a better version of existence, that begin working here. Begin working here. It, you can't just hold a picket sign and say, down with the mayor. It's not down with something, it's up with what's in you. That's where the help for our city is. That's where the help for our country is. That's where the help for this era is. It's in us. What's that mean? We are, we are commissioned to be skillful with what is in us. So when you need a miracle, don't try to get something from out here. Turn toward that resurrection power that is in you learning to draw on that. Amen. Um, we were in, I'm going to just take a little bit, a short time here and tell a few testimonies. We were in a meeting. Um, my husband had called for people with metal rods, plates, screws in their body. And a man came forward and he told my husband, I don't know the extent of it. I don't know even the length of this, but there was a metal rod, his, his, his back was in such a condition that basically it, parts were disintegrate, had disintegrated, broken down. And they had put a metal rod up this man's back, even for just support. And so he was very limited in his mobility because it's how, how, how could you bend if there's just a straight rod? I don't know the length of it. I don't know if it, I don't, I don't know if his length, I don't, I don't know the length of it, but it left him. Uh, limited administered to him he could not bend over you know he could only bend over slightly and after administered to him he just went all the day all the way down touched his toes he said that's impossible he knew that's impossible speaking naturally because of what was in his back so he's he knew he just was thrilled because he knew that God had replaced that rod turned it into a bone. Wouldn't you think that? Sure. Because it's now acting like a spine. So he goes to the doctor that week while Ed's still in town. He wants to show it out. So he goes over and he sets up the appointment and he, when his doctor that had operated on him, he knew the limitations of, of that that rod that was put in him. And so he demonstrated to the doctor, look what I can do. And he turned over, he reached over and touched his toes and the doctor knew that's not possible with what we did. We put in you. So they took an x-ray of it and he came back and he said this, he said, who put hinges in this rod? (laughs) Because he knew he put a rod in, he didn't put hinged rod in. But it wasn't that God had replaced the rod with bone. He caused the rod to behave like bone, like a spine. That's a miracle. Do you know that's above? That's, that's supernatural. That's super above the natural, right? 
And he came back to church and told Ed the report and was so disappointed that it wasn't bone, that it wasn't a spine. And Ed said, don't you understand? It is a sustained miracle. Keeping a rod behaving like a spine is every day it takes the power of God for that. That's greater than replacing. And we get so surprised. But this is resurrection power. What's dead? It lives. It moves. It walks. It talks. All these things. One of our favorite stories, some of, some of those who followed Dad Hagen would know probably of this story, but we had, um, on many occasions, uh, we had um, Doc and Jerry Horton that would come to our church, and we got to be with them on different occasions. Doc and Jerry Horton were like best friends to Mom and Dad Hagen, and for years they were. And so to hear Doc tell a story, it was just off the charts, this this man tell a story. He had the grovelly voice, you know, like that. And he was a preacher, you know. So when he told a story, it was a preached story, you know. And they talk about, and, and then Jerry, his wife, was bold faith. Let me tell you about her bold faith. Um, one time she had, she had injured, well, actually she broke her wrist. I don't know if she fell or I don't know how. I don't remember how. But she broke her wrist and it was giving her quite a bit of trouble and she was sitting in bed after the doctor had, you know, I don't know that they had put it in a cast yet. They maybe were waiting. I don't know. But she was sitting in bed and it was causing her a lot of pain. And as she was sitting there and she was feeding on the word and just thanking God for her healing, the word of the Lord came to her. And, at, and of course, they lived there in Tulsa where mom and dad Hagen lived. And um, they had Rama there at Rama. They had a healing school, and so that was something daily that was open to people who needed healing. And so she's sitting in bed, and uh, she's she's kind of holding this. And the word of the Lord comes to her and says, "Go down to the healing school. Tell that tell Brother Hagen to jerk on your arm." You know, if it's already hurting. So she's, she just bold faith. And so she got dressed and healing school was in session when God said that to her. So she said, and you have to know her, the rapport that she has, but she's just bold. Dad Hagen is preaching and there's a center on. She just walks her up the center on, just interrupts the whole thing. She just comes in the background, just walks up and says, dad, 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 God told me to tell you to jerk on my arm. You know, it's like, well, can God tell me that too? Because that would help my feelings. <laughs> so he looked at her and she, he, she said, yeah, God told you to jerk on my arm. And he said, are you sure? And she goes, yes, give me your arm. And so he just did like a courtesy thing. Right? And he said, be healed in Jesus name like that. It's like that. And she said, I said, jerk on it. Because wow. wow. nothing happened when he tugged on it. And she said, he goes, all right, here we go. And bam. She said, that's it, it's healed. Okay, thank you. And she walked right back out. So I'm talking about a woman bold to follow. You can't be bold if you're going to analyze. You can't be bold. Analysis robs you of boldness. You just do what he said. Just do what he said. Just turn. You have to, part of the skill of faith is turning off the thought processes. Ignoring the thought processes. You'll hear them, but just ignore it. Don't take your counsel from that which will trip you up. Amen. 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 The mind will trip you up. And so when Doc and Jerry would be in our back room and they were both just run that spirit of faith. They, yeah, they just, they, they, you didn't leave, you didn't leave that room different. I mean, chain. Yes. You left whatever. <laughs> you didn't leave it the same. 
Pennsylvania came out different now. Yeah, there. Now, some preachers will say, well, that's because I'm under the anointing. I can't claim that. I am under the anointing, but I can't claim that pad speech on that. Anyway. So years, years prior, they were, was it Arizona? Uh -huh. It was Arizona. Um, they went down, uh, Doc and Jerry Horton went down to Arizona for, I think they were ministering on Indian reservations, I, I, if, I, if I remember correctly. But they were down there pastoring. And um, so David, who is their son, was young. He was, I think, about 10 wow. at the time. And so Doc Horton would have been like maybe his late 30s. He was not, an, you know, older by any means. And so um, he walked in one day. He was in the family room. And Doc fell over with a heart attack, just wow. instantly dead just dead. And David wasn't panicked, you know, because he was raised with these bold parents. And he just went in the kitchen and said, mom, I think daddy's dead. Wasn't it just nonchalant, just like no drama, no no flailing around in the emotions, just Mom, I think daddy's dead. She was in the kitchen cutting up a chicken for lunch. And she says, I'm in the middle of that. And she said, well, I'll be there in a little bit. Faith has no panic. Faith doesn't know panic mode. Anytime there's a, ah, Wrong response. Get a hold of that mental arena, shut it down, and start getting attached to the faith arena and the power arena. The power arena is in you. And so she finished cutting up her chicken. And then she came in there. She said she wasn't happy that they were there to begin with. She, it's hot, you know. I mean, it gets up to 120s, you know, in the, in the summer. It's, it's brutal. And so she didn't really necessarily like the setting they were in anyway. And she walks in and she says, Doc, he's laying there dead. If you think you're leaving me here with these kids in this godforsaken place, this desert, you're crazy. You're not leaving me here. You get back. And then she walked out. And she said to David, he'll be back in a minute. What is that? Someone who has revelation of the power that's in resurrection power. She didn't call the prayer chain. What I don't know what that chain looks like. I don't know where that chain is stored, but not mocking it. I'm just saying people run to other things instead of turning toward what's in you. There's nothing more in me than what is in you power-wise. There's nothing, nothing. There's nothing more in your pastor than what's in you power-wise. What is lacking? The knowing. The revelation that this is what's in me. This is mine. It's, it works in me. And she put a demand on it. She didn't wait to feel an anointing. She didn't call the pa any, any other ministers that they knew. She just said, get back here. We're done. She didn't, you know, for 30 minutes just do the gymnastics, you know, of, of casting and binding, you know. I'm not mocking it. I'm just saying all of this natural stuff is no substitute when you don't know what's in you. When you know what's in you, it makes you far less dramatic. Drama is for lack of knowledge. And so... Sure enough, a few minutes later, here he comes. That's it. 
That's it. Yeah. That's it's it. over. Yeah. And then she said, get down to the doctor and find out what's the matter with you. <laughs> That's it. That was it. That, that was in his 30s. He lived to be yeah. what? Anybody know? Up, well up into his almost 90s. Yeah. Why? Because somebody knew what was in them. And, and they just spent it all yeah. the time. Yeah. They made a draw on it. How do you become skillful? You practice it. You practice it. Practice putting the power to work for you. Whenever you find be- fall behind financially, before you fall behind financially, put the power to work for you. Uh, that The power of God can resurrect a customer base for your business, right? Um, I was listening to a preacher recently and they told this testimony. It happened, there was a girl 21 years old in Puerto Rico. This would have been, the woman is now the the 21 year, well, it happened about 60 years ago. So this gal, 21 years old, and she already had five children at 21. You just, one, two, three, four, five. It's just like, whoa. (laughs) Maybe there's twins in there. I don't know. I hope there was for her sake. And, uh, And her and the children were in a car driving and there was a, a bad car accident and the mother who was 21 the girl who was 21 went through the windshield and when it she went through the windshield it opened up the skull the children were there in the car but she was the only one they they several of them were thrown but she was the one with the more extensive injuries and so um the, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this and not be crude, but let you know how, how good God is. Because her skull was opened up and she was slammed then onto the asphalt, part of her brains were on the asphalt. So when the emergency team got, up, got there, They went over to her. They saw the condition. They just, and they saw the brain, part of the brains in random places. So they kind of scooped it up and just put it near her head. Then they walked off, nothing more to do for her. They went to the children. And they got all the children together, put them in the vehicles, they put her in a body bag and they scooped up the brains and just kind of, you know, like yeah. around, the, just, yeah. just, you know, by the head, yeah, just yeah. laying it up there. They took the children to the hospital. They took her to the mortuary. Um, then there was a call made to the girl's mother and they told her, they told her what had happened. But the mother and the mother's sisters, the aunts to the girl, they had knowledge. They believed in this power. And they had a history in their family of power, miraculous power, works of power, all through their lives. They believed in power. God gave us power because we need it. And in us. Because we need it ever accessible at a moment's notice. And so they, when they told the girl's mother that she was dead and the extent of her injuries, she said, oh, all she needs is resurrection. Is that all she needs? But isn't, wait a minute. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought when he raised him from the dead? 
So the first thing linked to the power is raising. The first thing listed next to that power is raising. That's what she simply said. That's all that needs to happen. Raised. And that's what the power is there to raise. We quit too soon. We decide something is beyond the reach. When it's, all, it's never beyond the reach of power, but it is beyond the reach of what we know about power. We, the more we know, the more we will not quit until we know power has been employed. She said, all, all she needs is some resurrection. She simplified it. She didn't ask, well, how much damage? Like... You see, that's what I'm talking about. When people get in that mental arena, you'll always find a reason why you can't have yours. There'll always be a reason mentally why it won't work for you. She understood that there was nothing stronger than resurrection life. That's what is ours. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies. It's not just in there so we can say, got it. It's in there to do a work. And the mother said, okay, I'm coming. She told the people who called her, I'm coming. And she had a long drive. She had to drive what was equivalent to maybe a state and a half. So we're talking hours of driving. And the whole time, she's praying in the spirit. And let me, if I could say this, not just praying in tongues, but yes, praying in tongues, but spirit led. Yes. 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 Not panicked, not even panic tongues. But she's giving utterance to how the Spirit, what the Spirit is saying. So the girl's body is still in the mortuary. While she is, the mother is driving there and praying in the Spirit under the unction of the Spirit. Um, The girl in the mortuary, there were attendants in the room and they see the bag twitching. And they thought, they thought it's, it's like a chicken, you know? You cut off the head and the nerve endings and just twitching. And they thought it was that, but it kept happening. Every few moments it'd keep happening. So after a time, you know, that'd be disturbing that it's continuing and you're in the room and... And you don't know nothing about resurrection. (laughs) So one guy went over and unzipped the bag. And when he did, she goes, and takes a breath. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) He saw she started breathing on her own. He goes, oh, no, because it wasn't that it's so... I'm sure it frightened him. It, it alarmed him. But he said, she's a mess. He knows this is not just about getting a breath. This, these brains are laying next to her head. And he knows she needs to not be breathing because this is a mess. <laughs> and... Because she's breathing now, they transfer her from the mortuary to the hospital. The mother arrives at the hospital, walks in and climbs up on top of that bed. That's where you get, you know, just like right here. (laughs) You don't stand back in a corner and I'm just going to offer a blessing of the Lord in that direction. You know, it's like... We're we getting in the big middle of this thing, yeah, yeah. right? I stood on your new chairs. I need to come over. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stand right next to this one. I got on her chair. This woman, she, well, we're helping. We're helping her. You don't know the story, but that was good. That was Jesus for her. 
the mother came in and got on top of her in the bed and started taking, taking charge of the situation and applying that power. The power is still in the girl. The power is still in the mama. The power doesn't leave because the doctor's report's unfavorable, right? And so, not to go through the whole detail of it, but she, recover, she begins recovering. She seems to stop, though, at the mentality of a seven-year-old. And for a period of time, her five children became her playmates because she was only, her mind was only restored at that point back to that of a seven-year-old, but the mother kept at it. Why? Because the power never left. Every day the power's working. Every day the power's working. What we do, how did Stephen say it? Uh, about, he said, don't, I have it written down, something, don't get in the habit of only settling for instantaneous. Well, we, we no. think if it's not instantaneous, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. lack of knowledge. Yeah. 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 Do you know to your home there's, there's wiring, proper wiring into your home for electrical? You know it's flowing all the time. All the time. There's charges, right? There's a, there's a current. There's a, a, a current all the time. Why? Because it's ever ready for that switch. There's power flowing. All the, there's a current. Out of your belly shall flow rivers. Uh, there should be in him uh, a, a fountain springing up into everlasting life. There's, it's, there's always a current waiting for faith. Waiting for faith to release that and, and direct it into the need. And so um, every day, every day, direct it. Show knowledge enough of God, enough that power that you don't limit it to the instantaneous. It's lack of knowledge to limit it to only one moment. It's all the moments of your life. That power is available. All the moments. I'm not diminishing instantaneous, but when people don't see instantaneous, they diminish, they limit the power. Every moment, power. Amen. So she, she came out of, this girl came out of that incident at the mentality of a seven-year-old, but the mother just kept at it, just kept at it. And before long, she's completely back to normal. Now, when she was 50 years old, she became a detective. So we know she had a mental capacity, right? After, even after those five children, she had a sixth child, and this one became the pastor. And he was the one telling the testimony along with her. When she was 84 years old, she was at the mall one day, and she fell. And so her family said, you're going to go have an MRI done. You know, they'd taken her to the doctor and the doctor said, you need to have an MRI done. She said, okay, I'll have an MRI done. She had the MRI done and the doctor walked in and says, no, 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 it's not possible. It's not possible. And showed her and her family a picture of the MRI. There was no frontal lobe. Power, resurrection power was supplying what was missing of her brain. Resurrection power. Can power not perform like a body part? Absolutely. But if we think that it can only do what we can calculate... Did you not hear about, did you not hear about the, um, was it during the, is in the healing revival, the man who had lost his eye, a minister, yes. yeah. and he had a glass yes. eye, 
just for cosmetic purposes. Yeah. Uh, you can't see through a glass eye, but he would cover his good eye and he could read through the glass eye or he would take out the glass eye and read with nothing there. Why? Power. This is resurrection power. It's not organs. The power doesn't need an organ to function. It needs faith to function, not an organ. It just needs faith. There was one time someone that got up in one of my ministry lines and they, they needed a new hip socket. They said, I'm believing for God to create a hip socket. I said, why? All you need is function and no pain. Don't tell God how to do it. Let him, if he wants to, if it's nothing but in midair. That thing is just walk, working out of an in, That resurrection power takes the place of what is missing. This is in us. It's in us. Let me read it. Let me read it to you again. Let me read it to you again. Romans 8, verse 11, the New Living Testament. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies. He didn't say He would give you body parts. He will. But don't limit him to that. All we want is the function and no pain. That's it. That's it. Functioning holy. Yes. Holy because there are people who have all their parts and can't function holy. That's true. That's true. Amen. But we, we, we direct and counsel God. I want it this way. Don't do that. Say, God, however you do, it's fine with me. I don't care. I don't care how you rescue my business. I don't care. It do, don't limit it that it has to be rescued through customer base. Amen. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. That power is in you. Amen. One of the things we know about, one, one of the things, and we talk about faith, it, faith has to be joined to that. But one of the things, another way to draw on that, that which is in you, an important way. I love, well, uh, let me say this first. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. That which is in you has to be put in motion. Isaiah 12, verse 3 is one primary way, not the only way, but a primary way we put this in motion. Therefore, with joy shall you draw out of the wells of salvation. Jesus said, in you is a well springing up. He's talking about this divine deposit that's in you of power, life, resurrection life. And he says, joy will draw it out. Has anybody ever been, I I don't know. um, Now, I was raised in in a small community till I was eight. And there was a lady down the street. She had a well in her yard. And if she wanted water, she had to have something more. It wasn't enough that she had the water. She had to have something to draw the water out with. She had to have a bucket and it had to have a rope. You couldn't just drop the bucket. You had to have a way of getting that bucket back. If we could say this, faith is the rope and joy is the bucket that, that you scoop, scoop out of what's in you, that power that's in you, and you draw it up and partake of it with joy. When you know something, you're not crying. You're, you're joying. Amen. You can rejoice your way into your miracle. Joy, you draw it out. Joy. 
Who was it? Maybe, I don't know if it was you, David, or somebody else that said, made a statement and said, joy is a serious business in God's kingdom. Bill Winston. Yeah. He's the first one that said that C.S. Lewis made the statement, joy is serious business in the kingdom. Meaning it's critical to the flow of receiving what God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. When you know something, there's no more room for crying. There's no more room for falling apart. There's no more room for panic. It's not about getting God to give us more. It's about us coming into greater knowledge of what is in us and how to cooperate with it. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. The same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells. He doesn't come and go. He dwells. He dwells. Why? Ever, ever accessible, ever ready. Amen. Just lift up your hand. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.